in the world, all the missionaries and all the fights start on something so small and so ridiculous. I got this guy was at my table. We had had an awesome week with him there. It, it just was wonderful. So we have, do y'all understand the word stash, what a stash is? You have something hit away. Alright, uh, we, I have a stash of Peter Pan American peanut butter. Hello! <laughs> okay? I got it hit off up in yonder. It ain't with the rest of the food. I got it in my room in yonder. Cause you just can't get it. And there's just certain tastes in us Americans that you have them too. Probably tea and crumpets, you know? Something, you know? That's a, it's a, and I had a jar of this stuff called Miracle Whip. It's a, it's a salad dressing. That is God, I'm telling you. Alright, so. <laughs> Come on. And I had some of this here long horn cheddar cheese. Oh, mmm. And I had some of this Colby Jack mixed with it. Oh, mmm. And I had it over there and I had it hit, see? I had a towel hiding it. So I looked at my wife, I said, Go get the stash. And I had some American Dr. Pepper uh, drink and, and some Pepsi Cola American. Had it all hit off in a little corner. I went out there. She cut it up. She served it up. And all, I mean, we sit down there. This is a major feast, you know, because it just comes out about once every 10 days. And so we're sitting there. Oh, and it's a little plate all fixed up, each one of us. And that guy sitting down there, I was so proud to give him some of that stuff. And, and I said, oh, we prayed. I said, okay, let's eat. So we was eating. He was just sitting there like this. Now you gotta remember we've already had difficulty, right? And now he's refusing the best I've got. Oh man, no wonder they threw you out, I said. I said to him, what's the matter? It's not good enough for you? He said, that's not the problem. He said, I got through out of two, thrown out of two countries over stuff like this. He said, Brother David, y'all eat it. He said, that's the most valuable thing you own. Please let me out of it. Let me give a sacrifice to you. I admire him, and to this day I admire I talk about it to him all the time. All the time. It was like that bucket of water King David wanted from that sweet well in Bethlehem. And those guys fought through, got him a bucket of water, brought it back. Did he drink it? Oh, no. He poured it on the ground as a sacrifice. Listen, you got to learn how to get along with people. That may seem like a simple thing, but in my heart, that's a major thing. Look for ways to get along. And you can't do that on your own. Now, I'm going to real quick run through this here chapter in Daniel 6. Isn't that amazing? Peanut butter. Well, you oversimplify that. I do not. I do not. Right here in Daniel chapter 6. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 princes, which should be over the whole kingdom. And over these three presidents, of whom Daniel, check this out, we have got a man that was captured out of Israel, brought in, He's a slave. But because of the anointing of God, because of the presence of God and Jesus in his life, God brought him right up through the ranks 
and the greatest kingdom in the world at that time, Daniel became second in command. Check that out. That's pretty awesome, isn't it? Pastor and I were talking about that a while ago. You knew a man that, that was a street fighter and couldn't even read and write at 25. Now he's one of the most wealthy people in all of Australia. I'm telling you God's gifts on people. You don't know. I don't know who I'm talking to here. But I want to make sure that I, I tell you the truth. Because you are highly important to God. You may go somewhere, and the country may be overrun by people and hurt and violence all around you. And you go to jail. You know, and you don't get frustrated and mad. But out of jail, you may become second command in the whole country. I don't know who I'm talking to here. So I want you to get the right foundation. Alright? And it says, uh, he did. And, uh, the, the, and the princes might give account to him. And see, that's one thing you've got to learn how to do. Don't get offended at people that make you give account to them for the kingdom of what you're working in. These two men right here, I trust them with their souls. I may not, they own me. But you know what they do? They give account of themselves to me. We're friends. But we still are accountable to each other in the things concerning the kingdom of God. Isn't that something? It doesn't make me any better or worse. It doesn't make them any better or worse or least or greater. What it makes us is right. Then there's a lot of little things we need to know about. And I'm trying to talk about some of them. I appreciate the time to do it. This is right in verse 3. Then this Daniel was preferred of other presidents. Uh-oh. Look what he had. An excellent spirit was in the man. You, if you have an excellent spirit, if you're humble, if you're, if you're totally sold out to the kingdom of God, that excellent spirit right there will rise, you'll become the cream of the crop. You'll rise to the top. You won't have to force, push, make your way through. You won't have to. Your guilt, the Bible says, your guilt will make room for you. It'll bring you before kings and princes. That's what the Bible says. You don't have to struggle. I'll tell you, uh, I, I'll, I'll tell you out of that group that we first started with, way in the beginning, I, I'll promise you I was the bottom of the barrel, but I learned from the men I was working for. There was a man I worked for, one of the greater missionaries ever on the planet. He told us all the time, first five years, you're nothing but excess baggage. And he, I, well, that, those first five years, I thought he was out of his mind. But now that I got 22, I know he was right. There are people almost useless to us until they, it takes a long time to get the culture, the language, the understanding of what's going on. That's approximately five years. And you come thinking you're the best thing on the planet. Well, I would suggest not worrying about that. Don't worry about being the best thing on the planet. Worry about Jesus. Just win souls. And your gift and excellent spirit will bring you right to the top. And you won't have struggled. I'll tell you, God, you know what he told us? Because I always, we was always asking him, how did you get so powerful? Because he knew congressmen, senators, governors, presidents. Man, he was always talking to important people. He'd just laugh. We was expecting some, you know, list of scriptures about that long and some real technical spiritual answer. You know what his answer was? I learned how to outlast everybody. And that's exactly what he taught me, and it's the truth. 
You've got to learn how to, with your excellent spirit, have endurance with it. That's all. Endure the hardships as a good soldier of the Lord Jesus Christ. Is that not what Paul said? Okay. Well, if Paul did it, this fellow did it, I figure they're probably right, don't you? It says right here, that's the number one thing. Verse 3, he had an excellent spirit was in him. And the king thought to set him over the whole realm. Check that out. Oh, man. What an awesome guy. He wasn't selfish. He wasn't conniving. He wasn't ambitious. You know what? The wrong, uh, uh, the wrong kind of ambition will kill you dead. Don't look for men's favor. Go to God for His. Please hear me. I'm talking to some of you that's giving me a death ear. Please open that thing up and listen to me. You can survive if you'll listen to me. The thing that killed that boy I raised was ambition, wasn't it? Golly. Hmm. All right. Verse 4. Then the president. Uh-oh, here we go. Jealousy's kicking up here. I'm talking about co-worker problems here. But it's not just a servant somewhere. These are presidents we're talking about here. Then it says, the presidents and the princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning what? The kingdom. They were looking to try to figure out how to shut him down because they were jealous for his position. They were ambitious for what he had. When I get around people, I listen. I'm always listening. I'm listening. And there are key words. One day I'll be there. Oh, yeah? Go oh, ahead. Yeah. I'm backing up, buddy. <laughs> I ain't going to live around ambition. I won't, I won't, I won't, I won't. I, people get around me. You know that brother over there? Yeah, what about him? You know, he has this problem, this thing. He's doing the work all wrong. And I look at him. you got two years of experience. And you're trying to tell somebody how wrong they are. <sighs> you ambitious little thing. See ya. Look. If it's sin, that's one thing. If it's ambition... That's sin itself. That's something else. You better check your heart. Every motive you've got and everything you do, you better... I'm, I would suggest before you act and react, you better... I would suggest checking your heart, watching for the fruit of the Spirit, watching for those gifts of the Spirit, let discernment, let the Word of Knowledge and Word of Wisdom cope in you. Do not be spontaneous when you are dealing in the kingdom of God with other people. Especially leaders. Think before you react. Okay? Jesus. Then, then these, the president, you know, the kingdom, but they could find an occasion or fault. Check that out. That guy was pleased with it. Had an excellent spirit in him. For as much as he was what? Number two. Faithfulness was in Daniel. He didn't care if anybody liked him or not. He was busy obeying the king. You understand that? Y'all, did y'all hear what I said? 
He was after fulfilling the king's wishes and, and doing it in an attitude of wisdom and praise and honor to his God and fulfilling the duties of the kingdom. You do that, you won't have time to look at somebody else's job. If you're looking at somebody else's job, if the pastor is green on the other side of the fence, that's because you're not busy grazing in your own pasture. Be faithful where you are. See, there's men of God around that are, that, that are valuable in the kingdom of God that look at you. They'll observe you. They won't say a word to you. But if you can't be faithful in the little things, you cannot be faithful in the big things. You hear me? And there's people watching. We need help. All of us do. There ain't a ministry I know that don't need help. But I don't need just help. I need excellent spirits. I need faithfulness. And I need innocence. People are always looking. Hey, man. Like this one guy comes down. Oh, boy. Awesome guy. I don't know if you could probably quote scriptures. Jeff, maybe, but it would have been a battle. Jeff is a walking uh, uh, concordance. That guy, and I want the gift he's got, but I don't beat him up because he's got it and I don't. But I continue to go to him. Hey, Jeff, here's his phrase. Oh, it's found here. Thank you, Jeff. See you later. Boom, boom, boom. And I look good. He made me look real good. Isn't that very I do it all the time. I'm constantly drawing on his heel. <laughs> constantly. But I'm not jealous of him. Because I know where, you know who he was? How many shock treatments they give you? Thirteen electric shock treatments. He was completely, completely a fried out, wiped out deadhead. Y'all know what a deadhead is? The Grateful Dead? <laughs> I mean, one of the worst kind of critters on the planet. But you know what? God flammed him and he could all of a sudden read the Bible and he consumed it and never forgot. Isn't that amazing? Man, what a God. Gee, I want that. But I'm not going to undermine him and kill him to get it. I'm not. I'm going I'm to try to keep an excellent spirit because every time I get around him, I'm oh, God's always speaking to me some things to tell people, but I just can't, sometimes can't quite... Because of the intensity of the, of the situation or the emotions over it, whatever, I run over to Brother Jeff. Yeah. And I got my pencil ready. <laughs> wow, they feel it real good. <laughs> yep, yeah, it does. And he just sits over and smiles at me. And that's it. The city went after Daniel. And I want to know there's people you're going after. Why? Why are you going after them? Do you have solid proof that they are in sin? Beyond the shadow of a doubt, are they in sin? If not, if you just surmise it, believe well God spoke to me, back off. Pray, God will reveal it. But don't you give up these attitudes of ambition and jealousy and strife and selfishness. Don't do it. I'm warning you. They're anti-Christ spirits. All right? Look at y'all. Look at that. Mm, this guy here is ugly. Yeah. 
But you don't get the miracles that I talked about last night by being an ambitious, selfish human being. Those miracles only come, and it's not because I am so smart. It's I accidentally found how to do this stuff. I, I'm not kidding you. For me to do it, it has to be an accident. God had to, hey, wake up. Look, would you look at that so I can get something done, please? All right, all right, okay. You start applying it to your life. Takes <laughs> on faithfulness. So they went after him. Look at this in verse five. It says, "So these men got together. They're smart guys too. Presidents are smart people, right?" It says, "We shall not find any occasion in him except against his, the law of his God." So they set out this plan. They figured out, "Here's what we'll do. We'll go to the, the king, and we'll work on his." His self-esteem, we'll build up his ego. That's what we'll do. And we'll tell him, you are so great and so powerful. But it wasn't because he really was. They were after his job, I tell you. It's just stuff that you not, when you start fighting and fussing to go up the ladder and smushing and hurting people, you're not going to be satisfied with the next position. You're going to have to keep going. Because it's a demon spirit pushing you of ambition. And I'll admit to you, I have been involved in it. And I feel to this day bad about it. But there's nothing I can do except try to get you to go for Jesus and forget that stuff. That's the only thing I can do is try to talk you into not being like I was. I don't know if I'd have been better if somebody had taught me or not. I don't know. I want to think I would. But who knows? Who knows? All I know is I'm hammering on this thing trying to get y'all to see there's a better way and it's through the cross of Jesus. Brother Ron came in there yesterday. Some things we've been talking about had convicted him. Listen, this man was, is an elder. He's been an elder in his church before he ever came to our work. When he came to our work, he was an elder. You know what he did? He submitted to men almost half his age. Didn't you, Brother Ron? That's a hard thing to do for a guy with an elder. But it was easy to do that to go back home because I didn't know him as an elder. I wanted to see his eldership. And it came forward as a servant. And that's so. And he came in there yesterday. Some things we've been talking about convicted him. So we've been friends forever, right? So he comes in there yesterday. I want to repent to you two guys about this one thing. Y'all talking around y'all and, and around all these mighty services we've been in, I was convicted. He read me in Philippians 2, wasn't it? Like, where it says that Christ, came, the King of glory, came here and became of no reputation so that he might win us. So I just want to know what we're after. That's all I want to know. Now, what I want to do is get you stimulated to think and pray and find out why you're on the course you're on. It's very important to your success and survival. That I know these things now. I can't tell you that I'm 100% in them, but I am definitely on them and working on it. I know it's right to go down that trail. So these guys that set up all this, and they decided, hey, what we can do is get him thrown in the lion's den. Now, you are a, the devil's gonna put you in the lion's den and people around you, friends, neighbors, uh, kinfolks, 
fellow workers, you're going to get a lion's den one of these days. But how are you going to get the mouth shut? You're not going to get out of the lion's den. I don't know if you can test that on me. I'm not. It's going to happen. Life's going to bring you to the lion's den in a minute. It's going to bring you to the fiery furnace. It's going to bring you to the edge of the river Jordan. It's like it did all them prophets. It's going to bring you to the cross. It's, how are you going to get off and out of all that stuff that matters? Well, excellent spirit, faithful spirit. Those are two things that the man actually had, didn't he? That's what's named. All right? They got their law signed in there. Go on, then they're happy. What did Daniel do? Let me show you about a person that loves Jesus. They are not ashamed of Jesus, no matter what the law says. Uh-oh. That goes exactly to what Jeff was saying. If they can't, if it's against the law, preach, that's where we go. We have been deported out of a country because we were, the law says you cannot win men's souls to God. So they deported us out of the country. The charge was, you have been caught saving men's souls from a burning hell. And the judge says, how do you plead? Guilty! Didn't it? Isn't that something? Isn't that awesome to be found guilty like that? Man! I'm guilty. What can I say? I'm guilty. Well, look at this. Now, look at verse 10. When Daniel knew that the writing was signed, does that sound, I mean, this guy is number one in the kingdom under the king. You don't reckon he knew what was going on in the courthouse, do you? Of course he did. He knew the signing was done. He went to his house, opened his window. I wonder why he didn't use any wisdom and at least hide in the closet. Because that's fear and doubt. That's why. The Bible says he opened his windows just like in times past, knelt down and worshipped mighty God as King and Lord. Well, that immediately broke the law. My opinion of the law is simple. As best you can, obey it. But the moment the law of man and the law of God cross, you follow God. That's my opinion. That's, I live my life like that. And it says, uh, and, I, and we've been successful at it. Look, on his knees three times a day, he prayed gave thanks to God, just like he did before. Well, they saw him. They went and brought him before, brought him up to the port of the tribunal, Got him guilty, brought him before the king. The king was his friend. He really was. He tried to get him out, but there's nothing he could do because his own pride had cost him the life of his own friend. Then he saw the whole plan and the scheme that was opened up to him. Oh, no, he tried all, all day, the Bible says, working with lawyers and everybody else, try to get this guy out, but there was nothing he could do. He had to send him to the lion's den, and he did. Threw him into the end of line. Cover it up, seal it with his seal. The Bible says, what's, what's what happened? The king, look at verse 18. The king went to his palace and passed the night fasting. Check it out, an old devil king fasting for a, for a man of God. Isn't that awesome? What an influence Daniel had. I'm, I'm telling you, you never know what influences you have. That's why you've got to stand for Jesus no matter what's going on around you. That's why you've got to maintain that excellent spirit. You have to maintain faith. What you don't know that I do is Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4 is where it's talking about Abraham, father of our faith. 
But what does it say about him? See, he birthed faith into the world. He did. God let him do it. All right, well, I've got it now. I've got the same faith that Father Abraham had. Okay, now, what did he have? Jesus said, it says right there, Paul's writing. He had nations in his, in his Lord. So do you. And what the devil's after is stopping you from birthing those nations. And he's going to do it through lust. He's going to do it through ambition. The skill of pride. The, the, the simply, I mean, these desires. I'm telling you this is right. Preach it. Teach it. We have got to maintain, through all of that fog, we've got to maintain an excellent spirit. We've got to understand that we have been called by Jesus. Oh, yes, we have responded. But what's our main number one purpose of ordination? Spend time with Jesus. Number two, preach. Number three, heal. Four, cast out the devil. We've got to maintain excellency in that. We have got to maintain faithfulness in that because you're going to the lion's den. And it's not going to be your kinfolks and friends that will get you out. Son, when the, when the chips fall, your friends are going to run like a covey of quails. You know what quails are? Partridges. Come on. They'll run. I'm sorry. That's the way it is. Just be you and Jesus. I hope you know him. Because <laughs> them lions are hungry. And they will eat you if you do not have an excellent spirit and faithfulness. All right? So the king, he rose very early in the morning, verse 19. He runs down the lines then. I mean, you've got this great warrior king who had conquered the world, right? This is amazing to me. He gets to that lines then. He has to move them rocks, whatever how it was. I've seen pictures of it in a cave. I've seen it in the holy ground. All sorts of things. It doesn't matter. Y'all can worry about that. And so he gets there wherever the mouth of the thing was. And it says in a lamentable voice. You got this great warrior king. Daniel. Daniel, you in It's the God who, who you continually serve. Was he able to bury you from the lion's mouth? Daniel's standing there just as erected. I've seen him in these pictures. Ball headed, you know, lines all around him. Oh, yeah. I'm down here. Had a wonderful night's sleep on a great lion skin rug. Thank you very much. Oh, boy. Look what he said. I'll tell you exactly what he said. It says it right here. Daniel said to him, verse 21, O king, live forever. It says, look at this. We all want God to send His angel and shut the mouths of the lions. That's what we want. That's what we want. That's what we want. But why aren't we getting it? Well, if we're not getting it, that means there's some excellency missing, some faithfulness missing, and something else that He says right here. He said, my God, send His angel and shut the mouth of the lions. Okay, why? Because for as much as before Him, what? See it there? It's in there, isn't it? Isn't it in there? God judged the situation and found Daniel innocent and shut them lines up. I don't even want them. I don't lay them down. Make him a nice carpet. 
Let him have a nice warm rug to sleep on tonight. It says right in my Bible that for as much as, as before God, before Him God, innocence was found in me. And there's another reason. And also before you, King, I have done nothing wrong. Isn't that right? Does it say that? Ah, oh, imagine the relief went over that friend of his. Whoa, because his own pride and own elevated heart almost killed him. His own friend, right? So he rushes down in there. Daniel, oh, he comes out of there. And what was the next thing the king did? He turned on those that are culpable, guilty people. Had them, all of their things, and all of their children and wives thrown in that lion's head. And the Bible says, before they ever hit the bottom of the pit, all their bones were broken. Now then, let me just ask you a very pertinent question real quick. What group do you think it's greater to be in? The Daniel group? Or the jealous group that got all their bones and all their wives and all their kids' legs broke? Well, David, that ain't even a good question. Oh, isn't it? Why are you wanting to be in the, in the, in the jealous group then? Why? What, what's, the, what's all this pride and selfishness and greed and, and lust and ambition? Why is, it, why is it there? I don't think I'm so far off. I think we need to walk in fear and trembling and work out our own salvation with that. That's what I think. I think we need to work on it. All of us, every day, make quality decisions for the kingdom of God. And learn to be the servants and learn how to take the ordination of Jesus, which is the presence of God first, then preaching, then healing, and then uh, deliverance. I, I believe that in my heart and I judge things accordingly. And I think you should try to get a hold of that stuff and start setting those foundations up in your life. It'll change you forever. It'll make us some of the greatest servants on the planet. It'll take us to places men have always dreaded to go. And because of your servitude, you just have to go and open it up and God just goes right before you and shuts all the mouths of line. Isn't that something? People always ask me, how do you do that? I submit to Jesus. Well, I know that, but... Well, I submit to Jesus. That is not a, just a, a statement of, uh, that's to, to make me, myself sound good. It's the truth. Jesus first. Always. Y'all stand up. Let's pray, please. Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. Isn't it amazing? You, you hear all this stuff preached all the time, but God's continuing to show us other little nuggets and say, Isn't that wonderful? They're in there. It's fun to find them, too. I like, I go panning for gold all the time with Jesus. He's always giving us little nuggets and little things, and, and it helps you. It just goes right in there. That's right. It just builds your character up, doesn't it? And that's something. Jesus, thank you to change us today. Change our heart, oh God. Make us ever new. God, we want to be like Jesus. We want to be like Jesus. We want to be like Jesus. God, what we do and sometimes don't work, make us like Jesus. We repent. We come before the throne of God and we ask You for an excellent spirit 
We ask You for faithfulness to be driven into our hearts. We ask You, God, for innocence. Clean us, God. We repent for any word, action, or deed done against You, against Your kingdom, God. Against any of Your people. In the name of Jesus! God, give us this nation. God, give us these counties. God, give us these towns and cities. Oh, Jesus' name. Souls, God. Give us Europe, O Holy Ghost. But give it to us in Your way and Your methods by the blood of Jesus. Thank You, mighty King. In Jesus' name. You have to.